0: Psalms chapter 66 and begin reading in verse number 5. The Bible says, Come and see the work of God. He is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. Verse 7, Psalm 66. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. So O oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O oh God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Father, I pray tonight that you'd bless the reading of thy word. I pray, Heavenly Father, you'd give us liberty and vocabulary tonight. May the Spirit of God speak to us and through us. God, do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And Lord, I ask that you would stir our hearts tonight around the word of God. Save the lost and reclaim the backslid. God, I pray that you'd receive maximum glory and honor for what will be said and done tonight. And We'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight out of verse number 12 here in just a moment. But I'll just give you a quick background of Psalm 66 and then move on to the thought that is placed upon our heart. When you think about Psalms chapter 66, the author of this psalm is unknown. We do not know exactly who wrote Psalm 66. Most commentators believe that Hezekiah wrote this psalm and it's certainly possible that he wrote this psalm. But really, who wrote the psalm, we do not know. What we do know about Psalm 66 is that it is one of four psalms here that deal with... With the millennial reign of Christ it deals with the golden age Psalm 65 and Psalm 66 and Psalm 67 and Psalm 68 all four of these psalms they're known as quartet psalms uh, that deal with the golden age or the millennial of Christ now we know that there's a lot of psalms that talks about that day for the psalmist was always looking ahead they could not see uh, uh, the church they could not see the church age but they could see the Messiah coming they knew the would be born of a virgin and they knew that when Messiah came they believed that uh, when Messiah came that there would be uh, that he would reign upon this earth well we know that to be true but it wasn't exactly the way that Israel planned it to Messiah came and they had many pictures and types of, of who Christ would be that he would first be a lamb he would first be a sacrificial lamb and then he would be a king amen and when Jesus came into this world he came into this world as a lamb but when When he comes back the second time, he's coming as a lion. Amen? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Isn't that right? So we know, we don't know who wrote Psalm 66, but one thing we know is we know the character of this man that wrote this psalm. What I mean by that tonight is when you look at Psalm 66, uh, you'll notice some things very quickly uh, concerning his character. We see, first of all, in verses 1 through 4, that he's a happy man. As the Bible says, make. A joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name, make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works, through the greatness of thy power, shall thy enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing unto thy name. Now, when you think about this man tonight, uh, what we notice about him is that he's a very happy man. I think God's people ought to be happy people, don't you? I think the happiest place we ought to go is the house of God. Isn't that right? You think it's cold outside? And it is. But I'll tell you, I've been in some Baptist churches it was twice as cold as what it is outside. May it never be that way here. May it never be said that about us tonight. We've got reason to rejoice. Uh, uh, God has been good to us. Uh, He has blessed us. Uh, He has been better to us than what we deserve and what we ever expected. And the man in this psalm realizes that. He realizes that realizes God has been good to him and God has been good to Israel and he says make a joyful noise unto God all ye lands. Amen. He's talking about the millennial day we know that in that day when it comes uh, uh, that all, the whole earth will lift up their voice as it says in verse number 4 and we'll worship and we'll praise and we'll magnify God. But can I tell you something what he realized uh, is that you don't have to wait till the millennial gets here uh, to be happy. Somebody said man I'm telling you God uh, has been so good to us uh, it ought to put a smile on our face every day that we get up uh, uh, just to be able to open our eyes and know that we're alive uh, and then know that heaven is our eternal home uh, and that the God of glory watches over us and our family and that he will take care of us amen and so he is a happy man and then in verses 5 through verse number 12 we'll not read all of that tonight we just read it as our key text uh, but what I want you to see is that he's not only a happy man but he's a humble man. Amen. He says come and see the works of God. How he's he's terrible in his doings toward the children of men. He talks about in verse number 8 when he said oh bless our God ye people and make the voice of his praise to be heard which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. What the psalmist is saying here is he's humbling himself and he puts God in his rightful place and he puts himself in his rightful place, amen. You know, tonight God will bless every one of us if we'll just stay humble, amen. And listen, the way up with God, you've heard it is down and little is much when God is in it. And you and I know tonight that without him, we can do nothing and by ourselves we know nothing and we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we're gonna take nothing out of this world. You know what we are tonight? We're just a bunch of nothings, amen. But I'm glad God loves a bunch of nothings, amen. We're just a speck of dirt tonight. And if we'll remember we're dust and that without God we can do nothing tonight, if we'll stay humble, God will bless us. Amen. I met a few people that they were proud they were humble. Amen. You could tell that because they talked about their humility. Hey, listen, Einstein, common sense says this, that if you're humble, you don't know it. Amen. And if you're humble, you don't brag about it. Isn't that right? You're not proud of it. You say, well, what is real humility? Real humility is realizing how you, who you are and realizing who God is. Amen? It's realizing the insufficiency of man and the all-sufficiency of God. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Man at his best is just men. Isn't that right? You can suit him up. You can dress him up. You can pump him full of money and pride and ego and education but at the end of the day, the Bible says uh, he's just like a flower that's here for a season and then it fadeth away. Uh, he's just like the grass of the field. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, all of our righteousness, uh, all of our righteousness, mine and yours, uh, and everybody's put together, it's just filthy rags in the sight of God. Uh, and it's good for me to remind myself uh, and it's good for us to be reminded uh, that without God, we can do nothing tonight. Amen. And he's a happy man and he's a humble man. And can I tell you, humble people are happy people, amen. They're just content with life. They're not running the race. They're not competing with nobody. They're not trying to be number one. They're not trying to outdo nobody. It's a whole lot easier to live humble than it is to try uh, to live in pride. And he is, a, he is a humble man and he is a happy man. But then in verse number 13, throughout the rest of this chapter here, we find that, uh, uh, that he is not only a humble man and a happy man, but he's a holy man. He's a holy man. Look what he said I'll go into thy house with burnt offerings. I'll pay thee my vows. He's talking about the house of God, which my lips have uttered. And he said, my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. He shall offer unto thee burnt sacrifices. This is a man that knows about worship and incense of rams, and I'll offer bullocks of goats. And then look what he said in verse number uh, verse number 16. We know this verse. Uh, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But look at the next verse. But, bear, but verily God hath heard me he hath attended to the voice of my prayer, blessed be God which hath not turned away my prayer and his mercy from me you know what he talks about here he talks about that God has heard and God has answered his prayer in other words he talks about in verse 16 how that guilt hinders prayer, then he talks about in verse 17 how that God hears prayer, amen and then he talks about in verse number 20 how that grace, how that it, amen, here's a man that's holy, he can get his prayers answered because his heart is right with God tonight. You know, I thought about the psalm, Brother David, just saying. And sometimes it's good to just stop and listen and think about what's being sung. Search me, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, a holy man is always doing inventory of his life. You mark it down, people that see the faults and the failures, and, and they're quick to criticize uh, others and their shortcomings, and, and they can talk about everybody else, and they, they see what everybody else has done, they're not holy. Boy, that hit a stump, didn't it? But it's true tonight. I don't care, listen, I don't care if they can sing like a mockingbird. I don't care if they can preach the house down. James said, if you can't control your tongue, you're not spiritual. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, the sign of spirituality is he that's of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. When a man can control his tongue, the Bible said he can control his whole body. I'm telling you, listen, I've been in church with people. They could shout the house down, but if they had a tongue so long, if you rolled it out, it'd go from here to the Florida line. Amen. I mean, listen, they ought to work for the CIA or whoever else because they're great investigators they can find things out quicker than the FBI and they're quick to tell everything you know just because something's true doesn't mean it ought to be told amen and listen you ought to just pray about things and tell it to God and leave it with God I'm telling you a holy man a holy woman will keep their mouth shut they may know a lot of things and see a lot of things but if they're going to talk to anybody about it they'll talk to God about it amen And I would rather give an account for what I didn't say Has to have to give an account for what I did say. This man is happy. He's humble. And he's holy. What is it that stirs this man up in this psalm tonight? It's one little phrase that I'm preaching on. It's in verse number 12. He said, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I want to preach just a few minutes tonight on standing in a wealthy place. Standing in a wealthy place. If you want to know why this man's so happy, if you want to know why he's so humble, if you want to know why he's so holy, I'll tell you why. Because he realized where he's standing. Amen he realizes where he used to be he tells us this in this psalm and he realizes where he's at and he realizes where he's going Amen. if you back up to verse number 10 or verse number 8 and 9 he talks about how that God had been his protection in verse number 10 he talks about his punishment and then in verse 12 he talks about his place he said in verse number 8 and 9 he said oh bless our God ye people and make the voice of his praise to be heard in other words he says God has protected me he has He said, which holdeth our soul in his life and suffer not our feet to be moved. In other words, the enemy would have took us away, but our feet's not been moved because uh, there's been an unseen hand that's been protecting us and watching over us. Do you realize tonight, the devil would have destroyed every one of us. He'd destroyed our lives and destroyed our children's and destroyed our homes. Uh, He would have destroyed our church if he could tonight, but there's somebody standing between us and hell. Amen. I realize where I ought to be at tonight I realize where I could be at tonight but I'm telling you listen the reason I'm not there and the reason you're not there is not by our merit or what we have done but there is somebody tonight there's a good shepherd there's a gentle shepherd there's a great shepherd I thank God he stands between us and hell and he leads us and he guides us and he protects us in this walk of life and he sees that tonight that God has protected him, protected Israel and then that God has proved him in Israel. He says here for in verse number uh, verse number 12 notice what he's saying. He said for thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Uh, he said we went through the fire and through the water. In other words uh, he knew they had been through the fire. They had been tried. They had been tested. God had put them in the fire. God had punished them for their sinful deeds and their sinful actions. I, I want to say tonight, God puts us in the fire. God tries us uh, and God tests us. Isn't that right? He puts us through the fiery trials uh, and he takes us to the woodshed. I don't like chastisement tonight, but I have to raise my hand and say God has chastened me in my life when I have done wrong. He is always, when he has whipped me, he let me know who was doing the whipping and he let me know what he was whipping me for. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, but it reminds me who I belong to. It reminds me that I'm not one of the devil's children. Amen. I'm telling you the devil lets his children run all over this world, live any way they want to, do any way they want to without any consequences, uh, uh, my friend, for the way that they're living and lets them destroy their life. Uh, but God loves us too much uh, uh, to just leave us to ourself uh, so that when we get out in sin and we do wrong, hey, uh, those marks of chastisement, they're marks of love uh, and they're marks of idolatry identity that lets us know that we don't belong to the devil and we don't belong to ourselves. but thank God we've been bought with a price we've been bought with a precious blood and God loves us enough to go after us when we do wrong, amen had a lady tell me one time she said well, she said I do that and it don't bother me and God don't whip me, I said there's only one thing the reason why that's true, you're not saved amen And I'm telling you, if you can go against the word of God and if you be without chastisement, the Bible says you're a bastard and not a son. Hey, that's not a curse word. That's a Bible word. It's not a word that needs to be used lightly and easily. And I don't think children, I don't think we ought to throw that word around. What it means is an illegitimate child. It means a child that has no father. I want to tell you tonight, I'm glad that he is my heavenly father tonight. And even when I'm chastised, still a good place, ain't it? For God to go after you and remind you that he loves you. And then he says here, God, you've been my protection. You've been my punishment. But he said, you have been my place. That word wealthy. You know what that word wealthy means tonight? It's the same word, the same Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But the word wealthy is the same Hebrew word. It only occurs one other time in Psalms. And it's in Psalms 23 and verse 5. And the same word for the phrase in Psalms 23, 5 that says, my cup runneth over is the same word here for the word wealthy. And what the psalmist is saying is, God, you put me in a wealthy place. You brought me out of the fire. You brought me through the water. You brought me through the marks of chastisement. And God, you put me in a place where my cup just runs over. And I wonder how many of us tonight on a cold Wednesday night here in the house of God, in spite of whatever we face faced and whatever we've been through, I wonder how many of us tonight, when we look down Life's Road, and we look down Memory's Lane, and we see where we started, and we see what we used to be, and we see the road we was headed down, and we see where we ought to be at tonight, and we look at where we're at and we see what God has done in our life I wonder how many of us tonight can raise our hand and say I sure am in a wealthy place tonight I sure am living better than I ever anticipated my cups are running over tonight I'm telling you I'm so glad I didn't get what I deserved, I'm glad I didn't get what was coming unto me but I'm glad the mercy and the grace and the love and the kindness of an all sufficient God looked beyond my fault and he saw my hallelujah and he said boy in spite of who you are and in spite of what you've done I'm going to pick you up where you're at I'm going to take you from the dung hills of this old wicked world I'm going to take you from the set pools of sin I'm going to take you from the pit and I'm going to take you to the palace hallelujah I say bless his name I say God is good I say he's been good to us I say glory 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 unto his name hallelujah I'm living in a wealthy place tonight. I'm talking about, listen, tonight, I'm telling you we're feasting on manna that the world cannot give us. I'm talking about manna from on high. I'm telling you tonight, you look around, you see what God has done. You didn't pay for the peace that's in your heart. You didn't pay for a clear conscience. You didn't pay, my friend, for a good conscience. You didn't pay tonight to have your prayers answered. I'm telling you, every bit of it is gifts from a holy God tonight. I could never thank him enough, repay him enough. And I could never put my thumbs in my suspenders and say I've accomplished anything tonight. You say, preacher, what would you say? I just have to say I'm in a wealthy place. I'm just, my cups are running over. Do you ever walk through your life and just say, God, I don't deserve to be where I'm at. Saved. Children saved. Saved wife saved. I don't deserve to have a good wife tonight. I don't deserve, you're a lady tonight, you don't deserve to have a good husband. I'm telling you, we don't deserve to be sitting here, born in America, living in the land of the free. We don't deserve to be sitting on padded pews in a heated auditorium tonight with Jesus in our heart and a King James Bible in our hand. We don't deserve to pillow our head in peace tonight and know that if we never wake up again this of eternity everything will be all right over yonder we don't deserve that I'm telling you our pockets are filled with rubies and diamonds tonight our names been our hearts been washed and our lives have been washed in the blood and our names have been written down in glory I'm telling you tonight we're rich as a king we're wealthy tonight our cup runs over hallelujah can I bless him for that don't you? And I'll tell you what I see in this psalm tonight. Is it because his cup runs over? I find that in these first four verses here that it makes this psalmist want to worship. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm telling you it's not popular in this world and I know that the dignitaries they frown upon it and dead just look at it uh, like you're just shallow and emotional uh, but the truth of the matter is I can't help it and I don't want to. Amen. I'm telling you when I think about where I came from and I think about the grace of God and the goodness of God the mercy, when I think about all the times uh, he should have let me go but he ran to my rescue and my aid uh, when I think about all the prayers he answered uh, and all the times he's come through uh, and all the times he's carried uh, and he's picked me up uh, when I wasn't worth picking up uh, i tell you what it makes me want to do uh, it makes me want to worship God, amen, it makes me on a Wednesday night when it's cold outside throw both hands up in the air and say God you've been so good to me, uh, I just want to bless Bless you and I just want to praise you and I just want to glorify you I want to sing forth the honor of his name and make his praise glorious amen I don't want to talk about me tonight but I like to talk about him don't you I'm telling you when you're saved makes you want to worship people go to church and they say why you get so excited I was preaching to one church not far from here And a man come up to me after church and he said, well, I would say I enjoyed the message, but I couldn't hear it for all that hollering. I said, come back tomorrow night. I'll be louder. Amen. I know I'm not being critical, but some people, they don't like this. If they don't, that's fine. There's plenty of dead ones. You can go find one somewhere if you want to. But I'm telling you the fact of the matter is uh, you just can't help it. Isn't that right? I mean, Brother I uh, listen, uh, they might be somebody so say, well, I don't like you getting up testifying all the time. And Brother Barnes, you getting up and shouting and crying all the time. What they don't realize is you just can't help it. Amen? And you don't want to help it. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, I wouldn't want to be in a church. Uh, I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you where I'm at. I wouldn't want to be in a church uh, where if you raise your hand, somebody thought you just wanting to ask a question. Amen? I'm telling you I like to be in a church where it's real and where it's right and where worship is regular and where people want to come together and magnify God you didn't come to see me and I didn't come to see you but I pray before we close the doors and turn the lights out tonight I pray we all leave saying hallelujah we saw him tonight Amen. not oh what a song not oh what a sermon not oh what a service but oh what a saviour I'm telling you tonight, it made him want to worship. Secondly, I'll tell you what it made him want to do. It made him want to witness, amen. Look what he said in verse 5 again. Come and see the works of God. He said, I'm telling you, if you don't believe it, come see it for yourself, amen. If you don't think I'm in a wealthy place, I something him If you don't think my cups are running over, you just come look for yourself, amen. I'm telling you, in other words, you look where we were and look where we're at tonight. I'm telling you, God has blessed us. Come and see. Hey, is that not what we're telling the world tonight? Come and see Amen Come to the house of God Look at my life See what God has done for me You know I remember when I was on the job And I'd go to work on Monday On Friday Friday leaving work I always remember this It was payday And well I'm telling you listen I'd hear people And they'd talk about what they're going to do on their weekend Things I'd never want to repeat And I know I'm no better than them. If I was lost, I'd be doing what they were doing, but I wouldn't. And they'd talk talk about, well, we're going to do this. We're going to get all tanked up. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. Well, they had their paycheck, you know, and they was walking high. They said, well, preacher, I reckon you're going to church Sunday, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. Well, they'd they'd all, you know, poke a little fun about that. I said, yeah, you ought to come go with me. They said, oh, we're we're going to have fun this weekend, maybe some other time. And then we'd come back in on Monday. Amen. They're broke. They're sick. You know they're sick when they're over there drinking six cups of coffee and it's six o'clock in the morning. Amen. I'd come in and I'd say, how y'all doing this morning? Real loud too. (laughs) Y'all doing great in here this morning? You get a grunt or two. I'd say, they'd say, well... I'd say to them, I said, Boy, church was great. I said, Man, we had a great time at church. I mean, they thought, they thought we were Pentecostal anyway. So I just went with it. I said, Boy, we had a great time at church. I'm telling you, man, it got on good singing and preaching and shouting and praising God. We had a good time. And, and you know, I mean, by this time, they're, 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 they're scattering like roaches, you know. Nothing to do with that. And, but every now and then, one of them would come by. Let's say this. Let's say, will you pray for me? Or oh, they might make fun of you. Amen. But when the rubber meets the road, friend, they wonder, is it real? I'm going to tell you something. How people view us in this world matters. Is that right tonight? I don't care what this liberal crowd says. Living like the world, acting like the world, and talking like the world. It, listen, you, people can justify it all they want to, but I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter is, the world has no confidence in that tonight, so why should I? Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, you wouldn't fool nobody but yourself. The world knows that's not real. But I'm telling you, what they're looking for tonight is to see something that's real. They want to see you living right through the week, not just on Sunday. Amen. They want to see you. And I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd, but we'll tell them on Sunday. Amen. I'm just telling you this. Uh, the world wants tonight. They want to see something that's real. They want to see the reality of God. And I'm glad we can show them something real tonight. I'm glad we got a book that's real. Amen. I'm glad the Holy Spirit living in our heart is real. I'm, I'm glad the answered prayer is real. I'm glad salvation is real. Thank God it'll take you out of the dope And put you on hope Amen It'll take you out of the mire And put you in the choir I'm talking about Listen It made him want to worship And it made him want to witness Amen And then I want to say this it, it also made him tonight It made him want to work Look at verse number 13 He said I'll go into thy house With burnt offerings Notice he said I will pay thee my vows Verse number 15, I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks and goats. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that it costs the psalmist something to worship God. Tonight, what's it costing you to be a Christian? It won't cost you anything to be saved, but it ought to cost every one of us something tonight. To be a Christian, see, we're living in a time when people—they just want to be—they want to go to a church where there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's no pressure put on them to serve God. Just go to church and enjoy good service, and go back to my life and live my life the way I want to live my life, and and do the things that I want to do, and then come back to church and and just just kind of you know enjoy the benefits. That's not Christianity tonight. Christianity comes with a cost. Tonight, it ought to cost me something to be a Christian. Christian living is about giving, not receiving. And the psalmist knew this. He said, when I think about where I'm at, when I think about this wealthy place, when I I consider this is Thanksgiving time, When I consider all the blessings and how that my cup is running over in every direction, he said, I see what God has done for me. When I see good family, good home. I mean, just just all the benefits that we enjoy from day to day, all the blessings. He said, I'm telling you, when I go back to the house of God, it needs to cost me something. I want to repay some vows. I want to give back, for He has given up. I can never repay Him for what He has done for me. And He says here, I am in a very wealthy place tonight. You know what, if we're not careful, God's been so good to us It's easy to complain It's easy to gripe You know And gripe about You know it's too cold outside I'm sure nobody's done that Or it's too hot outside Or gripe about You know I mean I drove five hours Five and a half hours a day And and, uh, well, we'll just plead the fifth on some of that Won't we Don't you wish everybody drove normal so you could get where you're going. And don't you thank God for a wife that'll pray for you that you won't gripe about traffic. She's doing all the driving. No, I'm just kidding. But I just wish there, was a th- I wish there was a third lane for people who had common sense. Amen. Put all the retarded people in the first lane. Amen. Right, let me just leave all that alone tonight. Don't, don't judge me until you have drove five and a half hours today. Amen. I'm sure you have. But what I'm saying is, is that it's so easy to grab a criticism when you're in a wealthy place. You ever been griping about driving and thought about you didn't have to walk? I thought about that a few times. And the psalmist says it makes me want to work. He says it makes me want to weep. Look what he said in verse number 17. He said, I cried unto him with my mouth. He talks about prayer in verse 18 and 19. What he's saying is is he said that when I think about this wealthy place, I think about how my cup runs over It makes me want to pray. That if God would do that for me, if he would save my soul from hell, if he would bring me out of darkness and put me in the light, if he would bring me out of nothing and put me in everything, if he would take me from rags to riches, if he would do all that, it makes me want to pray. If he's that good to me, how much more does your heavenly Father want to do? I'm telling you, how much more will he give good things to them that ask? And he says, it makes me want to weep tonight. You know, the devil will tell you no use to pray. But if you think about all God's done for you, that'll be proof enough tonight that he wants to answer prayer. And then finally, look at verse 20. He said, this wealthy place, he said, it makes me want to wonder." He said, blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer. Watch this nor his mercy from me. You know what he said? He said, I'm standing in a wealthy place. And when I look around and I see all the blessings and all the things that I don't deserve, he said, makes me want to weep. But it makes me want to wonder, God, why would you be this good to me? God, why would you show mercy? after all the things I've said and all the things I've done, after all the broken promises, for all the failed attempts, after all the times I've fallen on my face, God, why, why would you still fool with me? Why would, you wanna, why would you still show me mercy? Why would you let me be? You know, God should lock us all up in prison tonight. But instead of a prison, God said, "Nah." no, I'll take you to a palace one day. One day I'll fix all this that's wrong. We'll make it all right on the other side. And one day you'll be kings and priests. And you'll live with me and you'll live with my son through eternity. And you'll never know sorrow. and You'll never know sickness. And you'll never know pain. You'll live in tranquility and peace. And you'll be just like my son, Jesus. You'll be in the very image of the Son of God. Why would he do that tonight? One word. It's the last word of that text. Mercy tonight. I'm just saying we're in a wealthy place, aren't we? Standing in a wealthy place while we stand tonight.